Hello, this is FTW with Imad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm Imad Khan of Tom's Guide. Russia's team spirit shocked the world of Dota 2 when it took home the International 10 and its hefty $18.2 million prize. The win was so big that Russia's Prime Minister Vladimir Putin put out a statement congratulating the team. What made Team Spirit's run so remarkable was its poor showing in the group stage. It had a 0-4 start in groups, the team worked its way through the lower bracket to eventually lifting the Aegis of Champions over PSG LGD from China. Joining me today to talk about the International 10 is Dot Esports' Kale Michael. Kale, thanks so much for returning to the show. Hey, no problem, bud. So, Kale, this is some Mighty Ducks-style stuff. Uh, how did Team Spirit pull off this Cinderella run? I'd say there's a, a lot of factors. They were, for reference, four of their five players were part of a stack called Yellow Submarine okay. um, ahead of the 2021 Dota Pro Circuit. Uh, they were picked up by Team Spirit. And then I, if memory serves, uh, their 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 four their four main core players uh they didn't do incredibly well in the first dpc season uh but they showed a lot of improvement they obviously didn't make the first major but they made it to the we play and a major cleared groups uh they didn't make it too far there but over the course of that entire like kind of six month period they went from just a stack who uh didn't really stand out too much outside mm. of being one of the top like two or three squads in Russia or the CIS to being a like really commendable roster that had some really strong showings against some good teams and I think kind of the turning point came uh, during the open qualifiers for the region ahead of TI where they qualified similar to OG they qualified uh, 3-2 over uh, Team Empire a team of not necessarily veteran players, but a team, an organization that had been at TI before and placed relatively high. So this is actually Team Spirit, the organization's first TI. And wow, they did remarkably well getting there. I mean, just getting there is crazy. And I think that might have been, even if they just got knocked out during the group stage, they probably would have gotten their highest prize pool um, <laughs> of all time, just based on like previous results. But instead, they went they they started very poorly in the group stage, but that was also against Team Secret and PSG LGD, the teams that they would go on to beat to win, uh, to, to win it all uh, in the well, final day. I have a question. So, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, considering they performed so poorly, where they went zero and four, I mean, how? Uh, explain kind of the bracket structure. Why wasn't uh, Spirit just kind of kicked out of the tournament by then? So, because there's 18 teams, they're split into two groups of nine, and every mm -hmm. every group only loses one team. So mm. only one team at the end of the group stage gets eliminated. So there's an even number of teams going into the main bracket. So 16 teams total. Uh, Spirit did well enough to not kind of reach that threshold, I guess. Uh, they went 0-4, but they went 0-4 against the two best teams in that bracket. And then they I beat see. everybody else. I see, I see, I see. So they, they essentially lost to the teams everybody expected them to lose to and then kind of went overly positive against some of the teams that it was kind of a toss up in terms of like predictions. Uh, so for reference, uh, they finished fourth in their group. So they did make it to the upper bracket, which was very impressive. They went, they actually went 10 and six overall. They lost to Vichy gaming too. Mm -hmm. uh, if memory serves there. 
Yeah, they went. Oh, they they only lost. They went two and zero or zero and two. They never split a series. They lost to PSG LGD, Secret, Vichy Gaming. They beat. They two owed East Coast, Elephant, Fnatic, uh, Quincy Crew, and SGE Sports. So two really good teams in Beast Coast and Elephant. Although Elephant uh, had an all, also had a really poor showing, despite having a ton of TI veterans and a bunch of really good. Chinese players, Fnatic performed pretty admirably. Quincy Crew had a really bad group stage. And SDE Sports is the team that ended up getting eliminated out of that group. Mm-hmm. So uh, then they made it to the upper bracket and or the upper bracket of the playoffs. And once they got there, they took the first game off of Invictus Gaming, which was the uh, one of the major winners of the year and also the top seed out of Group A. Uh, and it was an incredible game. Uh, Yatoro, the one of the carries for... Um, or I guess one of the core players for Spirit actually recorded the, I, I want to say it was the fifth overall rampage, which is when uh, one player kills all five players in a team fight mm-hmm, uh, on in the history of TI's main stage. Wow. Which I, if also if memory serves uh, Toronto, Tokyo, one of his teammates and the other uh, like core carry uh, recorded two in the, in the group stage too. But uh, so that that was incredible. He actually went on to do it two more times. So just doing it one more time, he became the only player in TI history to have two rampages on the main stage. And then he did it a third time, too. <laughs> so uh, he had a very, very, very incredible showing. I think he also played 14 or 15 heroes in like a total of like 16 or 17 matches, which is pr- pretty close to being Im- not impossible, but I don't think it's anything like that's really been done before uh but they did lose to invictus 2-1 they dropped down uh and then they kind of went on this really really strong run where they beat fanatic who fanatic they're a good team but they're not anything like they weren't considered a contender they had a really messy season yeah uh they beat og two-time defending champs despite them having two new play two new players quote unquote uh on their roster uh, with a pretty convincing 2-0. Like, one of the games is close, but the second game lasted less than 30 minutes. It was really spirit-heavy. Uh, then they went on the big one. Uh, other, I mean, obviously, beating OG is huge. But the next game, uh, or the next series, they they 2-1 Virtus Pro, the top seed, and a team that went undefeated in the CIS region, Eastern Europe, whatever you want to call it, uh, throughout the two DPC seasons and kind of like the driving force of that region. And prior to that, I believe they were 29 and one or 28 and one all time as an organization against Virtus Pro. <laughs> well, you know, you're naming all these teams and uh, two really stood out to me. First, let's jump to the North America side. You mentioned, you know, mentioned Quincy Crew, which was, uh, if I read correctly, kind of the top North American team going into the international and you know the it, it i believe they ultimately ended up placing what ninth was it i mean but what happened with the us teams going into the event so going into the event there were three us teams because uh eg who was uh the kind of quintessential like everybody thought if if there was a north american team that was going to win it it was eg because they placed yeah. second at both of the majors and had a really good season um and then quincy crew who uh actually like they were the only team that could really keep up with EG and have been, have been keeping up with EG for the entirety of like 2020, 2021. Uh, they both had really poor group stages, Quincy crew more so than EG. EG really only got sent to the lower bracket because of a tiebreaker almost. Mm-hmm. 
and then Undying, who was kind of like the stack that made it in because EG and Quincy Crew both qualified. They were a really good team, couple veterans, couple younger guys, really solid team. Uh, just didn't uh, just didn't have the kind of muster to make it out out of the um, out of the lower bracket. So uh, Quincy Crew, like I said, really poor group stage. They bounced back, ended up making it in. Uh, they beat Aster, who a lot of people kind of viewed as underrated because they were struggling with like COVID issues at the mm-hmm. start of the tournament. Uh, so they managed to beat Aster, but then once they got to the be- the best of threes against OG, the kind of Hassan Bowl between uh, uh, Sumail and Yuar, two uh, brothers. Uh, I mean, OG just kind of has Quincy Cruz number almost. It it feels like because they- they've beaten them multiple times. Yeah, yeah uh, and yeah. it's usually a two zero. So they just kind of got unlucky in facing OG. I don't think they would have made it past Team Spirit to be honest, but I think even if they managed to. They didn't. They didn't manage to take a game off OG. So it was a really kind of a disappointing season that has resulted in them going through some major changes. Their coach just left, although Kezu, um, veteran player who was their coach for TI, uh, was probably going to leave anyways because he um, was only their coach for TI. And then uh, uh, Laylis, who is kind of like uh, he's one. Of, he's probably the best Brazilian player uh, who joined them last year. He, he's already confirmed gone and there's probably more changes coming eg we're not sure uh ice 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 is actually uh one of their one of their core players has never played the same ti with this he's played multiple ti's but he's never played with the same team okay <laughs> so there's a chance that 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 streak could continue um but with considering their performance i think they're probably pretty happy with the group they have and they just think they kind of maybe got a little unlucky with their with everything and they will come, might want to run it back mm-hmm. so and then undying like i said is a stack of like really good players but there weren't a lot of expectations coming in so even the fact that they made it as far as they did i mean they earned a ton of money put on a really good show they 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 kind of cannibalized uh north america because they were the reason eg didn't make the upper bracket um but like going off of that they didn't have a, a poor showing because like, I mean, SEA had one team that made it past kind of the groups there are that round two of the lower bracket with T1, but then they got eliminated the next round and SEA was out too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you also mentioned OG, the reigning champions, two times reigning champions, and there wasn't an international in 2020 due to the pandemic, but, you know, 2018, 2019, OG really came in with a really fresh team and kind of restructured in 2020, bringing on um, Sumail. But largely, you know, a lot of its roster is still. Uh, you know, still been there from like, apart from Soxa, you know, there's uh, Topson and uh, I'm, I'm blanking on some of these names, but what what do you think happened with OG specifically and why it wasn't able to keep its composure and ended up, you know, placing seventh in the tournament overall alongside T- T1? I think it was more so kind of the circumstances leading in. So mm. right before the tournament, uh, Seb uh, had to have eye surgery. Ah, I see. So he, and while he, even in like the interviews before the main event started, he was like, it's not really bugging me when the games are going on. It's only after the fact that it becomes kind of annoying. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I believe him when he says that because he he wouldn't try and sugarcoat stuff. But uh, I think it was just kind of everything that led up to where they are. Because Sumail was actually part of the team uh, after TI9, uh, Ana decided he wanted to take an extended break. Jarek said he was going to retire. Um, not all at once, but the sequence of events is that's kind of what happened. So they were without two players. They brought in mid one and Sumail. 
Uh, this male portion of it didn't work out for a bunch of reasons that uh, didn't have anything to do with him or the, the team chemistry or anything, just kind of the pandemic in general. And then uh, they brought Anna back after they let mid one go after the first season of the DPC this year. Mm-hmm. And then he left pretty much immediately after that. So because uh, for multiple reasons, he decided he wanted to step away from Dota for longer, probably permanently. So mm-hmm. they brought Sumail back in right before the qualifier. So they had about a month and a half to like get reacquainted with someone who they'd already been practicing with. So it's not like they didn't have practice with them. Sure. Uh, they made it in three, two over Tundra esports, very close series. Uh, they made, they made it in, they did okay in groups. They ended up making the upper bracket. They got swept by team secret in a pretty convincing series. Uh, again, first game was pretty close. Second game was pretty secret dominant. Uh, and then they fall down, have to, they 2-0 Quincy crew, but then they get 2-0'd by Spirit. So there was a lot kind of going into it. I think if they would have run into pretty much anybody but Team Spirit, they might have had a chance to go further. Uh, but Team Spirit is just so execution heavy. Like th- their execution was better than, I mean, better than everybody because they won. But just the way they play the game, how they play together, the kind of game sense that they had was just kind of another on another level compared to OG compared to VP. I mean, VP was kind of the, the one team before the, the top two, before they got to secret and then LGD that were kind of testing them because their game sense and their speed at playing the game execution wise was pretty close. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one thing that's kind of always defined Dota as an esport, especially compared to other games is how quickly you know teams kind of form and then break up after the international and you know that's we've we've seen that with a few teams already but you know why do you think um teams like psg lgd have chosen to keep the team together whereas others have just been like we're done psg lgd is like it's a really weird example because this team is not like they placed really well at like the past four or five ti's yeah uh and two of those three were the exact same or two of those four were the exact same team but then like last year's team was a little bit different than the ti or ti9's team was a little bit different than the ti8 team and then they still managed to get uh top three and this year almost an entirely new team uh except for ame and they made it to i mean obviously they had a dominant run until they ran into spirit and it was still a close series so I I think it's the factor as their coach Zhao Eight said um in kind of a between match interview during the finals he said I told them kind of just play your game play to your strengths and if we lose there's we're going to lose together and there's always next year so I think he was confident that they were going to come back together even if they got swept uh but this team is just so strong and looked so dominant for most of the season I don't see a reason I don't think there's a lot of room that they could really improve um, in a, in a way that's like tangible and you know, it's going to work instead of just bringing these five back along with Zhao as the, as the coach. So I, I think a lot of factors kind of played into them wanting to stick together and j- just kind of the confidence in, Hey, we almost had it. Obviously second place is no, he's it's nothing to sneeze at, but they're kind of, kind of sick of that second place that second to third place uh finishing so i th- i think i i believe their manager said that for at least one more year you're going to be seeing this iteration of 
um, LGD, and I believe that they're going to stick together through the entire next season and then kind of try and make one more run. And then if they don't, if they fail again to raise the ages next year, then we might be having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I guess lastly, uh, what are your, I guess, overall thoughts or opinions on where, you know, Dota 2 will be looking in 2022? I mean, are we going to see um, more restructuring? Are we going to see a different meta pop up through various updates? What do you have for us? That depends on how the DPC sets out. Obviously, we're going to have to see different teams. Not every team, even teams that competed at TI are going to look different. I think like T1 will probably stay the same unless a player leaves. Their players have been playing together for a while, except for uh, like one or two. Uh, Spirit's staying the same. I don't know about Secret. Secret tends to kind of waffle between making a move or not. But considering their placement here and how confident Puppy kind of seemed in their like final interview I, th- I think we'll probably be seeing this iteration of secret again mm-hmm. some of the chinese teams might look a little different uh obviously north america is going to ha- look different without the quincy crew that we all know from this last season who knows with some of the european teams because they kind of underperformed outside of uh secret and uh like even og obviously didn't make it as far as they wanted it to so we'll kind of have to see i think 2022 it's going to look pretty strong for the dpc I think a lot of people are going to come in pretty confident, especially considering uh, everything that how Spirit kind of won it, where it's a group of players. One player was had experience at TI with Maposhka. Uh, the other four never played at a TI. It's kind of a newer stack. Uh, just came in confident, high execution, ready to compete, and they kind of played carefree for most of the event. I think that's really good for the scene and for updates and stuff. I mean. There's a lot of a lot of players that kind of voice their frustration with the current DPC structure, kind of like the obviously yeah, from what we've seen, Alliance confirmed that there's going to be three majors this year instead of two, that, which was the original plan before COVID for the regional league structure, uh, which is better. But a lot of people are kind of concerned that Dota changes so frequently between updates and a lot of players are frustrated that, hey, we're playing these six week periods and then going to a major but the major is kind of spaced out and the updates probably different from the lead up to the major to the major itself. So we might be playing a completely different game in terms of structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're not going to be at our best compared to where we were at the end of the regional season uh, ahead of that major. So there's just a lot of things that could be improved, but I think in terms of like the teams and probably the strength of dota as an esport moving into 2022 is probably stronger than it's been in a while uh just because there's a lot of hope that a team like spirit being able to do what they did uh can kind of invigorate especially in the the cis scene uh these younger teams these kind of inexperienced teams to try harder to practice harder to stick together longer and give it a go (laughs) well with that kale thank you so much for jumping on the show no problem man and that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwamad.com. To follow Kale and keep up to date on the latest in Dota, the FGC, and more, follow him at xjustified on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at Tom's Guide, you can find me at Imad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique Demore and Jacob Wolf. The show's executive producer is Kevin Morris. Our research assistant is Sam Higgins. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.